Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Bandwagon Nerds is taped in front of a live studio audience. Thank you, thank you. Hello again, fellow basement dwellers. It's your good friend Patrick O'Dowd back after being gone for a week, facing up against the bowling gods and losing terribly, I might add. But we're here for another edition of Bandwagon Nerds. We have a potpourri kind of show for you all today. Just a lot, a myriad of topics. All kinds of stuff, of course. We are going to talk about the finale of uh, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, or should I say Captain America and the Winter Soldier. We are going to go back to the trailer park as there's just been trailers galore released over the last few, after over the last month. We've got some streaming service news. We've got all kinds of great stuff, and we're going to cover it all with you this fine Monday. But of course, I am not here alone. We have the live studio audience themselves, Mr. PC Tunney. We've got the Reverend Ray Cash and the lawyer, David Ungar. Gentlemen, welcome back into the bandwagon. I have been busy this morning. I have watched, I've already watched three movies today since I got, I, I watched. What did you watch? I, I watched Mortal Kombat. Okay, right off was the bat this morning uh it's it's fun it's it's fun there's not a lot of plot to get in the way of this movie and <laughs> just i mean no way the only thing that like my kid was watching it with me too and he's nine and there's a lot of fucks like everybody just says fucking that movie a lot and that was a little weird but he sort of didn't care he was trying to work on his parkour flips and his like karate stances and it brought me back to my childhood as well just like the ha like he as he he tried to pretend like he knew any sort of martial arts what grade is he in he is in third grade about to go All into right. four. well 
in, yeah, in, in a year and a half, he's going to be here and fuck at recess all the time, anyways. So. Oh yeah, totally. Like <laughs> get him, get him desensitized to it. <laughs> he was sitting, he was sitting around my D and D session where language is loose as well, so it's not, it's not any sort of big surprise. But I followed that up with a little bit of Shakespeare. Uh, I watched a 2015 version of Macbeth starring Michael Fassbender in the lead role. Very, very, uh, very, very well done production. I can't remember the name of the woman who plays the lead, but she is in a lot of Christopher Nolan films. She's the um, she plays uh, Talia Al Ghul in uh, the last Batman movie. And she's Marion Cotillard. She, yes, she plays Lady Macbeth. Uh, very, very well, slick looking production. It was very, very good. I'd been meaning to watch it for some time. English major nerd that I am. And then I finished it up uh, right before we got to the show, watching one of my all-time favorite movies, and that is uh, the Frank, Frank Capra classic, uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, which stars James Stewart, is a ridiculously idealized look at the United States government and the Senate, even for the 1920s and 30s, but has one of the most iconic pieces of acting ever in James Stewart and the filibuster scene that is the climax of the film where uh, in order to create the sound and feel of somebody on the Senate floor for 23 plus hours, he wore his voice down, like legitimately wore his voice down and it creates a very powerful sort of finale. And I, I've talked about this a lot when we've done our various projects, but like I'm a very idealistic, I love idealistic movies. And so my top five movies of all time, most of them with the exception of glory, which glory is just, in my opinion, a, a terrific film. Most of my, most of my, the rest of my top five are very like positive, idealistic movies. I watched my favorite movie of all time yesterday, Harvey also starring James Stewart. Strongly recommend that you check that out. I got a fun James Stewart fact for you. Sure, what's that? He's the reason my name is Rance. Really? In that the sounds movie, like a story. In the movie, so, you know, growing up, my grandfather's a huge Western fan. And my grandfather's name is Clarence. So that was always the idea of the name. But uh, in the movie, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, Jimmy Valance, Stewart yep. plays Ransom Stoddard, and they called him Rance for short. And that's where my mom got the name from. Nice. Another one of my favorite James Stewart movies Fantastic as well. Fantastic movie. James Stewart and John Wayne. Yep. Uh, just a great, great film. And, and Lee Marvin. Don't Lee Marvin is a beast too. Don't forget. Yeah, I won't I won't, I won't I won't sell Lee short. Uh, and we could go down all sorts of a rabbit hole talking about classic movies people should watch. But frankly, we just don't have that kind of time because I loaded the agenda today. Uh, and so that's my fault. Um, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. So I'm going to pull this up real quick so I can get a, get a good look, but yeah, so I'm, I'm really good. I'm kind of, I'm pretty fired up today. Ready, ready to go. I did want to, I wanted to say thank you, uh, for putting together a pretty darn good show last week. Uh, it was nice to hear, uh, DPP back on the show and Christopher Platt, but mostly DPP. Let's be real. I uh, haven't had the scientist on the show in a long time. And so it was just kind of great to, to see him also, you know, it was 
listening to his bandwagon nerds episode they are they're number 30 now this this past friday was their 30th episode where they they dropped their top five hidden gem games of all time so give that a listen as well uh terrific terrific stuff uh you guys ready to get into the, a little bit of Captain America and the Winter Soldier? Are we ready to just dive right in? No? Ray's not ready. Yes, of course, of course, Ray, of course. You don't want to talk about it? You, you sat there and PM'd me forever. I mean, I can't talk to my friends? My God. We're friends now? Oh. <laughs> oh, it's, right. like, it's not like, it's not like I was, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I love you, Ray. You're, you're a good man, Rev. Yeah, let's, uh, let's, get, let's get right to it. Let's get a little music. Okay, so I'm going to start with the things that I marked out with at the end of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Or as we said, as I said before, should we call it Captain America and the Winter Soldier at this point? That's what they're calling the it. Suit, the new suit. Wait, wait, like when Falcon busts through the window in the new suit, in the Captain America look, the, the weird overhead thing notwithstanding, because I, I don't, don't know if I loved the headpiece so much, but the, the rest of the aesthetic was was just, in my opinion, it was pretty dope and damn near true to the actual costume that you see that gets debuted in the comics. And so that was mark out mo- moment number one. Uh, mark out moment number two for me was uh, Baron Zemo's butler blowing up the remaining members of the Flag Smashers. I, I loved that. Oh, by the way, kids, as you all know, um, we're not spoiler-free here, um, so if you haven't seen this, sorry. Um, and then... I'm going to be interested to get everybody's takes on this. I don't hate the Sharon Carter twist uh, such as it was. I, I don't. And um, and can't wait for either a Dark Avengers or Thunderbolts team uh, from, from Madam Hydra. I think those are the big ones. But we did see everything come to uh, a conclusion. Uh, we, we got our nice sort of tidy climactic battle sequence that we get with marvel productions with sam finally taking on the mantle of captain america and debuting saving lives making big speeches we saw um john walker get a little bit of a a redemption teaming up with bucky and doing some fighting we got flag smashers we've got um baltrox back we've we learned that sharon carter is the one who turned out to be the power broker all along, which one of you three, I can't remember which one called it. Right. Uh, I, was it Ray? I think I know we all talked about it at some point. So congratulations to that, Ray. Here's your no prize, as Stan Lee would put it. And um and then we get and then we get some pretty nice moments at the end between Sam and Isaiah that, that I know we're all going to talk about. Um, but before we get to that overall impressions of the show, overall impressions of the finale, we'll start this week with the uh, live studio audience, Mr. Tony, your overall impressions of the season finale question mark of Captain America. When I, when I got around to watch it, I, I felt as if I already knew everything was going to work out in the end. Um, but nonetheless, I'm sensing was, some bitterness there. That was a jab, but it was great. The ending was great. It set up a lot of good things. I, I can't wait to get into 
the individual thoughts on where we think everything is going because they gave you a couple options on what could continue to happen. But overall, the, it was nice. It maybe could have been five instead of six episodes. Some things got stretched out a little bit, but overall, great finale. Gave you what you wanted and set everything up moving forward. Excellent. Ray. No, it was good. I enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, it was predictable, but most finales in the MCU tend to be because with the exception of Infinity War, every time the hero wins. So you kind of knew what was happening, but it was a markout moment to see Sam in the Cap outfit. That was really one of those, oh shit, okay, Cap. Also, when Bucky called him Cap for the first time was a big moment. Um, and of course, the end with the not just the Isaiah part, but with seeing Sam and Bucky both happy. We've never seen Bucky happy. And you see him happy at the end. Um, the Sharon Carter thing, I'm with you. Um, it wasn't a bummer. It was kind of like a, oh, but I'm happy they gave it to Sharon, other than Curtis Jackson, that Tony had been saying, only for this reason. I, we've talked about all the time that Sharon Carter is the most underserved character in the MCU, especially given her importance in the comics. At least she has something now that's important to her. That you can right. say, when you think of her, oh, She's important for this reason. She wouldn't have cool. had that. And I, want you, I want you to hold that thought for a little bit because we're going to talk okay. more about Sharon Carter as we get a little bit further. I think that's obviously one of the tentpole moments of, of the show that, that deserves some conversation. Dave, what did you what did you think? Uh, what were your overall impressions of the finale? I know you had not watched it as of Saturday. so And I know as of yesterday on Chairshot Radio, off air, you said you were very interested to hear what I thought about this episode. And... I, I like the episode a lot. Okay. Let me, let me get that out of the way. I love what they did with Sam and Isaiah. I thought that was a much more uplifting end to the saga than what we got in the comics, which was very depressing. Even at the end, when Steve show, finally shows up, I, you know, that's, that's how Isaiah Bradley should be remembered and commemorated. So, so clue every clue everybody in because I, I I would say that not everybody knows how it ends in the comics, well, and, you're, and you're drawing that comparison there. In, in the comics, it's basically and Ray, back me up. I know you've read uh, Truth before. It's basically Steve shows up at the very end. Isaiah's pretty much already gone by this point. I mean, he's mentally just depleted and, and just really brain damaged is an understatement at this point. Mm -hmm. So Steve's acknowledgement of what Isaiah has done is nice, but it's semi pyrrhic in, in the whole mm -hmm. grand scheme of it. Cause it really doesn't matter at that point, Steve acknowledging him and everything he's done is great, but it just, it's, it's just kind of pointless here. You get that moment where, you know, you've got, um, the, whoa. he basically gets his flowers. While he can still smell them. Yeah, it, right. And and you get the you get the statue, and he's commemorated, and he's got a, his own place in the museum, wherever that museum might be. And, and that's great because it's acknowledgement of everything, not just Isaiah sacrifice, but all the other guys before him at sacrifice. So Isaiah's statue is a commemorative, it, it is a memorialization of um, all the other black super soldiers, and, and basically yeah. every other super soldier who was experimented upon. So that was a definitely more uplifting aspect of things and what we got in the comics but and, and in the one more thing in the comics isaiah is more of like a an open secret among the black community right black superhero community. right like it's here nobody knows who he was but bucky right in the comics everybody every black superhero kind of knew about him right but the other ones didn't that's why it was such a big deal um even though it's period for steve to come and acknowledge him 
Right. This one, they flipped it a bit, like Dave is saying, he got his flowers while he was alive and able to understand them and appreciate them. And he, I guess, that opened up the world to who he was and what the black super soldiers went through. So, sorry, David. No, no, I, I appreciate that because, yeah, exactly. That was so that part I loved. I'll be straight with you guys. I did not really dig Sam's five minute kind of monologue that he gives, the speech that he gives. I didn't like that. And, and, and I don't know if this is a time or place to get into why I didn't like that, but I can go into it well, if you want. I was, I was like, old man can yell at cloud after we get done with impressions of the episode. Sorry. No, I'm just teasing you, Dave. No, but so I'm getting, I'm getting kind of a, it was fine vibe for me, Dave, but that, is that kind of where you would throw it? Or? It, was, it was better than fine. I mean, like you're saying, okay. there's mark out moments, big time, uh, Sam showing up in the suit and, and, and just multiple red wings and, and everything that he does is, is absolutely fantastic. Uh, you know, I did kind of, I marked out a little bit for when John Walker showed up and, and, and I went to my wife, and I said, he's going to get some redemption here. And, and my wife has a different take on Sam's speech than I did, which was, which was kind of fascinating talking to her last night. But uh, I, I, I thought that was really cool seeing John and U.S. agent actually gets named U.S. agent at the end of this thing, which was a big deal. Um, but yeah, I've got thoughts about Sharon. I, I've got thoughts about lots of things. But yeah, I, I, it was better than fine, Pat. I'll just say there's stuff that I had issues with with that monologue that we can get into. Sure. So, and we're going to, we're going to break this down. I think the easiest way to do this is to kind of go character by character because everybody kind of has like this wrap up moment. And so let's start with Sam. Let's start with Sam Wilson and kind of his conclusion. And I do think that monologue is, is the, is kind of the crux because that is where it's, it's this big coming out to the rest of the country because he's being filmed as he's giving this speech to the senator uh and these other folks that are part of the i'm going to mess up the abbreviation it's like gc something gcr grc grc and yeah i think that um that 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 speech is supposed to be this big moment for him so that people can see this is what he's going to stand for as captain america and it's different than steve rogers and i think that's what's important is that he's he's not he's steve but he's not steve right and 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 that to me like was it a little over long it might have been a little over long but as as a as a moment that's his big moment so uh dave well i'll, I'll pass the baton back to you um so you can kind of give your thoughts and then we'll go uh, we'll go counterclockwise to me so we'll go dave tony ray um, and just kind of talking about Sam. So I love Sam as Captain America. Let me get that out of the way. I think he is more than deserving of the mantle. He's established that through everything in the MCU and through five episodes of this show. What I didn't like about the monologue to use wrestling parlance is they felt it felt like they were trying too hard to get him over as Captain America. And they didn't need to do that. And I think Sam had established that on his own. But that whole speech just felt kind of forced to me like he was saying the things that you would think that he would need to say to establish hey i have steve rogers idealisms and his and his same notion about fairness and the worldview but here's my take on it and that's fine but i just felt like okay they don't need to go this far with this whole situation sam could have gotten the message across 
it, without it being so overt. And, and that's and maybe that's just me, but I was watching it and I thought like they're they're trying too hard to establish him as Captain America, and everything he did up to that moment had already established him in the eyes of Bucky, in the eyes of the world or everybody watching. Now, I get what you're saying. It needed to be broadcast over a wider spectrum, a wider audience, to get the message so that people could see that, wow, this guy is the new Captain America. This isn't John Walker. This is the new Captain America. I get that. And so I'm a little bit torn about it. But to me, it just it felt a little bit too forced and a little co- too contrived. And, and the speech just didn't feel... Like a nat- something natural that Sam would say, and and that was kind of like my my take on it. I know Ray's kind of he's agreeing with me in some places and not in others, but that's it. but that was my feeling. I mean, it, it wasn't it wasn't like a deal breaker for me, but I just was like, okay, that left me feeling a little bit flat. They they felt like they're trying too hard here. You heard it here first. Dave hates the Falcons' new role as Captain America. No. Ooh. I did not say that. <laughs> that is that's that's like say, never mind. <laughs> Go ahead, Tony. Do you think maybe a lot of what they did here though is to draw off of moving forward as, as storyline wise? You know, I mean, they they leave themselves a lot of places to go. Uh, you mentioned the suit and everything is is just unbelievable. Hopefully the extra things they can do moving forward with the character. As far as that goes, I'm really looking forward to, but I'm, I'm great with it. I, I loved it. Um, I, I like Sam as Captain America. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to the movie. Do you think you brought up the suit? Is the suit from Wakanda? Oh yeah. Does that mean that, um, the Wakandas can turn him off? Yeah, but no, but I mean, are you sure it's not from I, the who is this who is this military buddy the whole time that we're oh working God, on his um, stuff? Can't remember Norris. the guy. Who, yeah, because he becomes uh, he had the he, he had about, he had the yeah. wings. I mean, that's where it had to come that's from. True. You sure? Because well, I think the whole big thing that Bucky gave him. I think it's Wakandan. I think it's vibranium. Yeah, okay. I think it's vibranium infused in, in all sorts I, of things. I can tell you proof why it's vibranium because when he's fighting Carly in the basement and she hits him and he puts his wings in the concrete, his old wings couldn't have done that. Right. Uh, I don't know. He did jab well, his wings through some pretty stuff, tough alien hides. Well, here. and then he does he does deflect an entire diving helicopter from the sky off of a freeway what? as well with the wings. So I guess that'll be the. I with <laughs> I with I withdraw my my observation is they're definitely Wakandan. No, that's just, that's American Way to steel. Way your own argument, Tony. <laughs> that shit's made in I Pittsburgh. Was- I move for a recess and a and a, and a two drink lunch, Your Honor. Oh, I'm already motion, on a two drink. Motion granted. Ray, <laughs> your thoughts on our good friend Sam Wilson? I get a feeling it's going to be a long segment today, guys. Uh, it may. I, I try to keep my thoughts to a minimum. Um, I what Dave said is really interesting, and I try to digest it because my first thought is to disagree, and I think I still do with. A majority of what you said, I I do understand that it was that the, the soliloquy, if you will, was a bit too long. But I reconcile that that in my mind with that it wasn't a speech; it was a literal conversation that happened to be caught on camera. So that makes me feel a little better about the length of it. You, another thing you said that I now I disagree with this massively. I think is that you said Sam wouldn't have said that. The entire the entire show led up to why he said that. He has changed so much of his ideals, not too different from T'Challa and Black Panther, 
in that he was comfortable doing this because this is what you always did. And it took literally Carly and Isaiah flipping his entire mindset to getting him to that point. Because the majority of the conversation he was having with the GRC was Carly was right. She just went about it the wrong way. And so I differ there. Um, I also think that, you know, I appreciate Sam as a character. And I, the reason I think that soliloquy was important, sometimes we as, the, as fans, as the actual watching TV audience, can forget that everything isn't to us. I feel like that wasn't to us. That was to the audience on the screen. Because you said it yourself. The last Captain America we saw was given the mantle by the United States, was the most decorated guy in the history of their army, and killed a dude on screen for no reason. Right? So here comes Sam, who we already are established with as a secondary superhero, wearing the stars and stripes with the same um with the same vibranium shield. And people are like, that's you even saw it on screen. They were like, that's Falcon. And dude's like, no, that's Captain America. Because people were Black still Falcon, trying to figure right? Black out. Falcon. Black Falcon. Black Damn Falcon. right. Yes. People were trying to figure it out. So, so you know, and my last point is, this is exactly what Steve Rogers would say. That's exa- Steve Rogers would have said almost all of that. The difference is no. Steve didn't have the same. I, I disagree. Think, I don't think Steve would have said it because he wouldn't have had to. So I maybe what you're saying is what Sam said was... See, I agree with you that it, it, it is. Sam, no, go ahead, Dave. Go ahead. I, I agree with you that it is Sam's evolution as a character, and maybe you're right. Maybe that's why he says it at the end, and maybe he did need to say it. But if you say that's what Steve would have said, I don't think so. I don't think Steve would have had to say it. He didn't have to. Well, well here's people believed in Steve too. He didn't have to well, earn right. the trust. Right. And, here, and here's the other thing, and this is something that we're we're kind of ignoring: blonde-haired, blue-eyed white guy Steve talking about oppression doesn't work period and so even if he says it like it's just it's not it's not like he's not going to say it and he doesn't have to say it that's privilege like that's that's his like that's his kind of whiteness showing up there it's not a white privilege thing it's it's more of his reputation as captain america's thing it's both, but but that it's shield and what, and what he means by the but like the one of the big points is that that shield, Steve Rogers or no Steve Rogers, means so much more than just how great of a guy Steve Rogers is. Like the Flag Smashers didn't give a shit about Steve Rogers; they hated him too. Like they did, and so it's about reconstructing that image. In my opinion, that's 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 one of the things. So. Okay, let's go to the other. Let's go to the other main character here. Let's talk about Bucky. Um, Bucky, I think, was the neatest and tidiest of the stories that got kind of resolved. Like when we leave Bucky behind, you know, Ray, you mentioned it. He's in kind of a good place, mm-hmm. and, and he's you know, the only thing I didn't like about Bucky's resolution is how quickly he was able to like sit down with his old buddy and be like, "Yeah, I killed your son." I'm sorry. I think that was quick. Oh, it was very quick. Like we saw him at the beginning of the episode. We saw him at the end of the series, and it was like there's this one time. There's this one guy. It's hard for me. It was like it was less than three minutes. Like I, I like went back and watched it. it was so fast. And then you know, and then he watches him from a distance. Like it was just. 
I talked about this with some other stuff. It was one of those things that, oddly enough, for for a series that at times felt long, this felt short and almost a little unearned. But he came the farthest in terms of reconciling with himself and, and making peace with his past. So right. that, that's, I, that's that's my buckies. And I get what you're saying. I felt like once he got to that point where he was okay with going to him, he just went with it. So it was fast, yeah, but I think once he reconciled himself to the fact, I'm going to finally go and do this, he just did it. Now, maybe it wasn't built up as well as it should have been, but they did spend five episodes with him wrestling with, should I do it, should I not do it, that sort of thing. Yeah, the whole counseling thing, the the talks with um, Sam, like for, the, for even the flashbacks to him killing the guy. For two episodes. Like, like, but that's my point is like, we're, we're sitting there like he wasn't, I don't know. I, again, for a series that at times felt long, this felt somewhat incomplete and, or I said somewhat rushed, not incomplete. Like they told the whole story with him. Is there possibly that possibility they could have stolen some time from like the fixing the boat montage or the, you know, uh, the back the, the backyard shield training, which, you know, we're, we're putting together a course here uh, where we're getting some land, we're putting some trees up and we're getting some gym mats and we're going to make a shield training course that everybody can show up to. So we're on it. Did anybody you, get a get, Return of the King ending vibe in this episode? Like this Flag Smasher stuff is resolved and then they go on for another 20 minutes. And oh. I mean, I. I sort of felt that way, but it's like, okay, it's, this is different. They're resolving a lot of loose ends and it's not just like one ending after another and that sort of thing. There's a lot of threads. And my only disagreement with that, with Tony's earlier point is that, and to an extent, Pat, is Bucky has been a character that has been expounded on from the literally the third movie in the MCU. Sam Wilson has never had anything about him expounded upon except for the fact that he's a veteran that talked to other veterans. And, oh, yeah, he was friends with Cap, so I'm going to jump in because I got these wings. We never knew anything about him as a character. We knew everything about James Buchanan Barnes as a character since the third movie in the history of the MCU. So it wasn't as important to flesh Bucky out as it was to flesh Sam out, which is why the boat was important, why the sister was important, why the Captain America training montage that you can find in Milwaukee for only $35,000.50 was important. (laughs) Wait, what? Sure. What's going on in Milwaukee, Ray? We're we're starting a Captain America shield training course. Are you? Oh, that's right. You're gonna wrap with up. garbage cans, baby. Yeah, gym mats around trees and shit. All right, cool. Sign me up. I'm their PC. <laughs> awesome, awesome. I can put on the eye patch and be your Nick Fury if you need me to. Oh, that's so sweet. That is sweet, Ray. All right, John Walker. What's gonna happen to John Walker? He's got a future. He's connected. He's connected to Contessa Valentina Allegra de la Fontaine. What does he call her? In the, in the, what does he call her? And she says, don't call me that. Val. Val, Val yeah. <laughs> Val, yeah. So you can call me Val, but don't call me Val. Just keep it in your head. So I love what they've done here in that John Walker is still kind of naive and being duped with this whole thing. Because... One, I guess one, woman shows up with a mysterious blank card, gives it to you, and and it's like we're still so desperate to be accepted that we don't ask questions about this person who gives you a blank card and is like, join our fold. Do, do, 
how much is how much is this him pretending not to know that this isn't entirely on the up and up? I guess that's my question. Because I can't, I, I guess I can't believe that somebody would be that naive to be like, "Hey, I'm back, U.S. agent. It's gonna be so great." Like, well, I think like there are moments there in that fight scene where it's Sam and it's Bucky and it's John, and there are moments where you can see John looking at Sam. And seeing what Sam's doing and realizing I can never be that. I can never Mm -hmm. be that guy. That's Captain America. So he almost reconciles himself to this U.S. agent role. I mean, is it naivete on his part that this is not some nefarious organization? Probably. But at this point, I don't really think he cares. Like you're saying, he's searching for acceptance. He's got to accept himself and he wants to be accepted by some other entity organization or whatever the case may be we talked about it last week dave in the fact that when he was you know uh uh, taken away from his position they took away they took away who he was so Mm -hmm. at least having this regardless of what exactly it is he's at least gets to be who he is again and to him that's probably more important than the the shades of gray between right and wrong of what's about to happen to be honest and it's about to get weird. It, well, and we also have to remember this man is a lifelong military man. And right. so a lot of this show was kind of a, a, a bird's eye view of how America treats its, its, its military and its veterans. And with all due respect to veterans, I don't uh, military people, I don't mean to say this in a negative sense, but so much of it is you do what you're told. You go here, you do that. You go here, you do that. That's all he's done. That's the whole reason why he said you made me. Everything that you made me do, I did, and I'm in trouble for it. So now somebody's coming here telling them to continue to be who he is. He's not going to question that because he hasn't for 25 years. Veterans send your hate tweets to it's Ray Cash at no. Bandwagon nerds. I'm at the real C Platt. Okay. Bandwagon nerds number 76. Ray Cash buries veterans. I'm not even. I'm not even that mad at Platt. I would send the hate mail. I don't. I don't even think you really buried veterans. I think that you bring up a point that they bring up in the show. Hey, Chris so, Platt. Chris Platt yeah. doesn't believe survivors. That was several Chris, episodes ago. So yeah. yeah. Well, and Chris Platt's not on this show, so we're not going to talk about all the things that Chris Platt believes. Um, what we are going to do, though, is I'm going to ask uh, a question. Patrick Hodad has an early question: Dark Avengers or Thunderbolts? I. I'd prefer Thunderbolts only because of the possibility of redemption and because both of them feel like it's, it's going to be an Osborne production. Both of them do. Um, well, but you have to have an Osborne before you can have an Osborne production. So we, well, we got to have a team before you can call them Avengers of Thunderbolts. We only got one dude so far. Yeah. So far. Right. For all we know, Osborne could be in Spider-Man um, third times a charm, whatever it's called no way home in Christmas. There you go. Yeah. No way out. Um, oh snap! WrestleMania, no way out. Spider Man, Spider Man, WrestleMania backlash. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> Tony, Dark Avengers or Thunderbolts? And I, 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 I don't know. I don't. I think isn't it? I think the more important part is who's gonna who's gonna is it gonna be. Um, uh, Osborne or who else is gonna be behind all of this? Right. I mean, that's kind of what we're setting up between. Sure. I mean the Contessa side or or the or the or the uh, Sharon Carter side, right? I mean, which which storyline is going to take place on which side, and which one's going to go the other direction? 
Right. I mean, I'd rather see Sharon Carter connected with whatever they're going to do with Captain America moving forward. And I'd rather see Contessa end up being a Skrull and then we can go to lead that to secret invasions. Secret invasion. Yeah. Dave, what do you think? Well, Tony kind of just mentioned it. I am going with neither. I think that Sharon Carter is a Skrull. I think this is all a secret. Sharon Carter is a Skrull. I think Sharon's a Skrull. I think this is all a secret invasion tie in. I think she's on the phone with Val at the time that she's telling her we've infiltrated. We've got access to everything. I think she's talking to her. I don't think this well, who is who she th- call at the end. I think that's the Contessa. She's that's talking to the Contessa. Okay. And and I think okay. that's so you think gonna... they're working together. Absolutely. I, I, so why, don't we get any, why don't we get any of that during the, the show then? Why would they? This is something we don't is, get one this little is world thing. Build, this, well, you think about the last couple scenes of the show. You've got US agent with Madam Hydra, then you've got Sharon who gets pardoned, and then all of a sudden oh. she's on the phone with somebody. And and I'm like thinking I, I get what you're saying. Thunderbolts, Dark Avengers. There's just like, but but you raised a good point, Pat. There is no Norman Osborn right now. There's nothing really tangible to tie into that. So so I'm thinking it's a secret I, invasion thing. Turn your con- you're turning your comic book brain on too much with this because MCU has proven time and time again they don't need to use the source material to make a thing real, and, and they can absolutely do the Thunderbolts or the Dark Avengers without Norman Osborn. If I were to pick a team, I would go Dark Avengers just because the Dark Avengers was a reflection of the Avengers. And so you have the faux Captain America, you'll have a faux Iron Man, you'll have a faux Hawkeye. You know, already rumors are abounding that Kate Bishop will get re- will, will get recruited to be like the fake Hawkeye or whatever, or not the fake Hawkeye, but the Dark Avenger Hawkeye. Um, you know, and Madam Hydra, people forget Hydra had its own version of fake Avengers too, that they, that they put out there. So we may be looking at something that's too modern. It could be something that's old. Um, the other elephant is that we know secret invasion is coming in two years and we got to get to that. So, you know, I think that the idea that Sharon Carter might be a scroll, it's great theory. I think Contessa being a scroll, it's great theory. Uh, and I think that it's very possible. Those aren't impactful scrolls. What I can't wait for is the impactful scroll. Who's the Marvel hero that goes down that we all know and love that turns out to be a scroll? That'll that'll be for a different for a different show. But it's gonna happen. Tony's got an idea. Zoro? <laughs> yes, yes, that's the Z person that we know is in. A, is in, in a oh God! That's he, only Z I know. That was great, Ray. That was great. Speaking Ray. of Baron, speaking of Baron Zemo. Thank you, Patrick. Uh, he had thirty seconds, but it was it was a fun thirty seconds. Well, they introduced the raft, which is awesome. That that prison got. Well, actually, that already existed. No, that, the raft. I was like, the raft was in Civil War, dude. Oh. You're right. Right, that's where that's where they threw all the superheroes and so forth. Here's what I saw. Guess who's gonna be in the new Black Panther movie? It's gonna be Zemo. Zemo's gonna show up in that Black Panther movie. That's my well, yeah, yeah, we I think we talked about that last week. Speculated a little bit on that. I'm game. Yeah, I wasn't there. I'm game. Yeah, didn't didn't count. <laughs> I mean I listened to the show, but like I wasn't there. And doesn't it no, just continue I, to show his badassery though, Zemo's it that does. even even when he is he is, is he like is he like tweener Batman now with that with the with the um showing of his uh butler now who can his Alfred? 
I, I mean, I guess you could call it that. Um, I, do, I do love that you get to see the scope of his reach. Uh, I also think it's interesting that, you know, for this maximum security prison, he gets technology that allows him to communicate, like, like with you, him. Like, you, how's, how's that happen? Do you think he communicated or do you think Homeboy already knew what was up? I mean, sure, but he put something away. Like, he had, like, a thing. Like, it wasn't like he just, like, got up and was like, yay. So maybe I'm remembering that wrong. Maybe I'm remembering that incorrectly. I'm not sure. Um, now now you got me second-guessing. But I'm fairly certain he was re- he received some sort of, like, he had something in I his thought he watched. I thought he watched it on, was on TV. TV. And then he put, like, a pen he or heard a it the radio. Yeah. Yeah, he heard it in the radio and was reading the book, and then just put his he put something he put the pen in his book. Yeah, I'm willing to bet money that he he it was there. Anyway, uh, um, definitely haven't seen the last of Zemo though, have we? So if he that's, doesn't show up, that's another Panther, reason. Where do you, you see him show up? That's another reason why I hope it's Thunderbolts because Zemo will be over the team. And if you remember, Val Contessa, Madam Hydra said our good friend Zemo. Took care of our flag smasher problem. I don't be just making this shit up, y'all. I'm just saying. All right. See, I'm gonna have to start muting you if you're just gonna be all too big for your britches and shit. Like, is this the is the first time I flexed all show. My bad. I didn't realize. I didn't realize that this was the Ray Cash bandwagon. I thought it was bandwagon nerds. I thought we were all on this. I missed one show, and the next thing I know, Ray thinks he's in charge. I've been, I've been, on, I've been on Ray's bandwagon for a while, and I'm on yours, Dave. <laughs> booing us, Ray. They're booing it. Man, man takes a day off, I tell you. Anyway, um, any other loose ends to, to wrap up? We've been talking a good 30 minutes on this finale. Here's, before we before we talk about the exciting news that then came out this weekend after the finale debuted. Ray, you I, look like you had something. I, do, I just want to say, ultimately, Carly was proven right. Right, which I think we all knew. Like, we did. No, yeah, but I mean, in in the context of the story, she was proven right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Tony is showing us the screenshot from the raft. He's yeah, he's on the radio, or he's listening to it on a radio while reading a book. He did not have something. Andy, I think there's a, was that a little smirk there he did, Tony, right before he it's laid it down because he, he knew what was up. So, okay. The other big news that came out of this, and Tani actually alluded to it first um, in mentioning that he's looking forward to seeing this, is that it has been officially announced. We will get a fourth captain. Well, hold on a second. Patrick we will get a fourth. shocked that the Brewers are in first place in the Central Division. Go ahead, Patrick. Uh, continue. I, it's okay. Yeah. Life will go on. It will. Looking forward to your June swoon. Anyway, oh. um. We did get it announced that there will be a fourth Captain America, a Sam Wilson-led Captain America film. No other details have been revealed, but how great is this, Dave? Oh, it's fantastic. We're going to get a fourth Captain America, I, you know, a, a new addition to the MCU. I, I mean, the possibilities are endless as to where they where do they put this into the chronology and of the events and the timeline. I mean... There are many, many, many possibilities. I mean, who knows? So isn't it like five, a, a, right? a, what's that? It's going to have to be phase five at this point, right? Yeah, it will be. What not the title like a man out of time? Didn't they say that? Or, or I thought 
Did they have a title? I don't know. No, I, thought I, I don't know if they had a title. Hold on. I can I'll effort it real quick while you guys keep talking. I I'm just I'm just excited to that they're gonna continue the Sam's story, right? I mean, we we just got to okay, here, here he is. He's Captain America. He looks cool as shit. His gadgets are cool as shit. His wings are fucking uh vibranium now, right? I mean, like dude's rip roaring ready to go, and you know he's gonna have to have some interaction with Whatever was going on here, whether it's Zemo, whether it's John Walker and U.S. Agent, or something's got to go move forward with with this storyline. And then in that movie as well, that's going to move into something else. So I, I don't know. I like you said, who knows who th- his main villain's going to be? But you got to have a movie because he, he just does a great job playing the character, and the character itself now as Captain America just looks badass. Very intriguing. It is just right now announced as Captain America 4. There's no special extra title yet. I mean, it's it's fantastic that we're going to get another Captain America movie. Yeah, I think like the big thing is where and when and where does this all fit in into grand? I mean, I would love to just be a fly on the wall. You know, I don't want to be a fly, but for maybe like an hour. Just to be a fly on the wall in, in the MCU's boardroom where they probably got this flow chart that looks like all that shit in Stranger Things where Will had mapped out everything through the whole house. You know, they've got it all planned out as to how this all fits together. I would love to just see what they've got up their sleeves because it's got to be immense to the max at this point. And, and I, I'm I'm excited because they're doing so many great things with Marvel right now that the possibilities are endless. I mean, there are so many things they could do with that character and and with that story and it's fantastic. So I'm excited. Yeah. I I'm, I'm just curious where, when, how, what's going on. Phase five, phase six, probably phase five. Thursday, Thursday, July 4th, 2024. Really? Look at you. Look at you. No, I'm just guessing. Oh, I just... that's a, that's a really good guess. And that'd be perfect. I would think. And I'll give you a prediction. Cause you guys said everything you can say. My prediction is going to be that this is where we'll see the, the the official uh, debut of Torres Torres as a new Falcon and Eli as Patriot. Let's hope so. That would be some great, great stuff. All right, fellas, we have been talking for a good 35 minutes on this. We're going to take a very brief early commercial break today. Uh, I forgot to mention this way back at the top of the show, by the way. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds on the ChairShot Radio Network, part of the ChairShot.com. Shame on me for not pushing the company. And for this little commercial break, Ray Cash broke the news last week, but we got a new show coming up uh, on the ChairShot that we'd like you to check out, hosted by Mr. Ray Cash. So give this a listen, and when we come back, we are going to jump into a little bit of... Marvel news and some streaming news uh, with HBO Max. You're listening to Bandwagon Nerds on the Chairshot Radio Network, part of the Chairshot.com. Coming soon to the Chairshot.com, a special series, the Total Package series. Myself and Rance break down each wrestler in WWE according to ten categories, looking to find the top wrestler with the Total Package. Join me and Carl Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Central Time for the Total Package Series. Only on thechairshot.com. Always use your head. And we're back. Ray, were you trying to like seduce us with your new show? 
Like, I felt like hey, calling yeah. out. Tony, congratulations, on, congratulations on signing Barry White to the chair shot. Excellent, <laughs> excellent signing, buddy. I'm a little turned on. Watch right. the total package, Mr. President. <laughs> oh, my. We were, we were, the graphic is Carl in a dress with over a vent with the wind blowing it up. Don't do that because oh, I will nice. get that. I will get that image. Don't play. I'll get that image. It. It's, it's going to be in his dreams. Was that like Lex Luger's theme music or something like that? Or? Total package, baby. You already know. We need his. We need. You need his old school theme music, Ray. That that would be perfect oh, right there from WWF. No, his original stuff from WCW. I'll put it you on the end of this episode just for you, Ray. Just for you. You should have okay. throw some echo on it. The total package. Well, so what we were going for was cheesy movie commercial. Mission accomplished. Buddy. Mission accomplished. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it was on the nose. I just, I feel like it was more like um, a sex line trailer to start there than you know. Call one nine hundred nine zero nine. I wanted to call well, my wife and are... turn the lights down, baby. Raise on. We are yeah. sports entertainment and sports for a entertainment nice package. Press one. For a really <laughs> nice package, package, press two. For the total package, press three. Right, and then, then Carl coming in like Big Dick Slade from the Kentucky Fried oh, Big no. Dick Slade. And the capital of Nebraska is Lincoln. For <laughs> oh, Dirty Dick Murder, uh, press four. That's fantastic. Right, that's I love right. you guys we've, so much. We've, we've busted race chops hard enough here. There was a fun piece of news, a Marvel news that came out this week in regards to the upcoming Thor Love and Thunder movie. Russell Crowe did an interview, and it was broke by ComingSoon.net, where he announced his role as Zeus, the god of thunder, in the MCU. Now, I'm okay with this news, but I'm more excited about what it could mean for the MCU. Ray is nodding emphatically. So, Ray, even though we've let you sex talk this show and dominate... No, I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. Give us your thoughts on Russell Crowe announcing Zeus as a part of the MCU. So, it's already been it's already been announced that we're getting um, the Black, Black Knight, right? That's his name? Black Knight, yeah. Yeah, um, Kit Harrington. This brings somebody he's often associated with this means Hercules is coming. And that is big that's, for the MCU. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. I mean, is it big for the MCU? Like, I, I'm going to say this. The Olympians being in the MCU because they're, they're a part of the MCU is, is fun. But real quick, show of hands, fellas. When we think Marvel Cinematic Universe, how many of you are like, Hercules, first call. I'm not seeing any hands. Okay, in the same breath, how many of us thought Guardians of the Galaxy first call? Well, no, but when they announced an entire movie with Guardians of the Galaxy, it was like, okay, well, we'll see if that that's a that's a choice. I get sure. you. I'm with the reason you. I, the reason I think Hercules is important. Ha-ha, is your old gods fail in comparison to Drax. <laughs> right. That's gonna happen. That's but here's the thing: is basically that's Hercules as well. Like Hercules, Hercules is. Like he's kind of a fun, boastful, you know, super character within. Like, and he's been a member of the Avengers. He's been a member of the West Coast Avengers. He's been all over the place. He's a bombastic, um, 
character. And so I think he's going to be absolutely fun. And I'm sorry, I had to, I just had to poo poo it because um, it's what I do sometimes, right? Like I gotta I gotta be that guy, um, just the stick in the mud. But I think I do think that yes, Ray, you've hit on it. Dave, you look like you're ready to jump in there. Why don't you? Why don't you? throw some thoughts our way i think the uh, the hercules thor showdown in in thor 4 is going to be epic as it was in the comics that's going to be really awesome to see I, I i do think you know like you mentioned pat hercules has been a member of the avengers been a member of the west coast avengers if they are establishing a new avengers for avengers whatever numbered it would be five i guess it'd be the fifth avengers movie um hercules would be a good person to have in there as the muscle of the team if you're trying to set up a new Avengers squad so getting him involved and getting him introduced I think it is is important yeah he's not first ballot you know Avengers Hall of Famer that sort of thing but he is a fun character and he was integral white like in the Avengers comics when the original core vanished for a while it was it was Hercules Wanda Pietro Vision Hawkeye so you could see perhaps, but like you're saying, you said earlier, Pat, that doesn't mean anything as far as the MCU is concerned, but it does give them options, flexibility, room to move. Tony, I want you to do me a favor. Jump on your phone, go to Google Images. I want you to Google image Hercules in uh, Marvel. And then I want you to give us your over under percent chance. We'll say, I'd say over 75% chance that the costume for comic book Hercules is the costume that is run with in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, under. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I had I had Tony look it up because I was willing to bet money that Tony is the one of us who probably hasn't seen the comic book version of Hercules for the MCU. Um, it's like Zardos in green. From yeah, you guys know who Zardos is from. Uh, Sean Connery's like Sean Connery's flick with the like the crisscrossing green leather. Yeah, there it is with the skirt. Mm. Got the headband, barrel chested. Who's gonna play Hercules? Who is a good Hercules person to cast? And remember, he's got he's gotta have like Burt Reynolds level hair on the chest. But can't be Burt Reynolds because he's like really old. You know, it's funny. He just finished up uh, being in Zack Snyder's cut and everything else. But Joe, you, Joe Manganiello is like almost picture perfect for this. He could do it. Or, you know, even man, if they could pull it off, Henry Cavill could do it. You are so obsessed with Henry Cavill. You I bring am. him up every episode. Like, what's up? What's going on there? What's going on with you and Henry Cavill? Superman. Yeah. He's, he's, Wait, you want to know? You want to know who could play this character? Grow their hair out, dye it a little darker, grow a full beard. Has the perfect personality for it. The Miz. <laughs> we give we giving him all his other characters now. Might as well, right? I mean, he he's busy angling for Johnny Cage in the next Mortal Kombat movie. I don't know Did if you, you all noticed that. I think he would happily pass on Johnny Cage to play Hercules for the well, MCU. That, it, it, for the record, shout out to Ed Boone saying, hmm. So right. like that might really be happening. It's it could be a good uh, since we're playing the pro wrestler game, who who do we think you, you threw the Miz out there? Any other pro wrestlers we could see who could jump into the Hercules mantle? I mean, I was going off the premise that you can't pick someone that's already kind of doing something. So you can't mm-hmm. go rock, you can't go Cena, you can't go Batista. Right. Roman Stroman. Roman. Stro- Braun, there Braun? you go. Braun would be good. How about- how about, Tri- how about Triple H? 
Too old. Hunter's closer to Thor than Hercules, I think. Maybe. I was like, we can't do Roman because I've already got him penciled in as Craven the Hunter. Like, that's oh, already man. That's in head for me. So I'm sorry. Like, I just think that's that's there. I like the Strowman suggestion. That, like, his, he'd be this huge, imposing figure. What about He's, Drew McIntyre then instead? Yeah, oh, Drew yeah. That'd be a good, good one, too. Yeah. Drew, actually, I think I like Drew better. Uh, if I were to pick, just because, oh, yeah, good call, Tony. I like it. There we go, Marvel. You heard it here first. Drew McIntyre going to be cast as Hercules. Breaking news. We'll see it on Bleeding Cool News and the Nerdist next week, I hope. It'll be on Ringside News later on today. I hope so. Well, let's shift over to our, our world of streaming. We're going to talk about streaming stuff a couple times. But um, an article dropped by Variety noted that HBO is probably starting to really like this Warner Brothers deal because in the first quarter of 2021, 2.4 million subscribers. Well, actually, the article has been updated to 3 million subscribers in quarter one. New subscribers, by the way. New subscribers. Think about everything that comes with HBO Max. In addition to, okay, people were already probably thinking about getting it, and now they go, all right, watch all these new movies you can get, and you only have to really pay, what is it, $14.99 a month for HBO Max? Uh, I have DirecTV, so it's included in there already. But it's the same thing with with Peacock. They're going to see the gigantic upgrade because the wrestling fans are there, and you get everything else with it. So the movie fans, you already get everything else. If you never had HBO before, you already knew about all the great stuff on HBO. Game of Thrones, Sopranos. There's still new shows every time coming up right now. There's new movies and everything else. So I, it's it's the wave of the future. I, I know they have what? They're looking at a deal with another movie studio as well. So not to, to jump the gun. Right. As of the end of March, HBO Max slash HBO Combined had 44.2 million domestic customers. Losses on the legacy HBO side were offset by HBO Max's retail and wholesale growth. That's just unbelievable. And and Warner Warner Media, their biggest partner right now, their revenue for the first quarter was 8.5 billion, up nearly 10% versus a year ago. So everybody's getting paid. Ad revenue was up nearly 20%. That's and that's with things like yeah, it's just it's nuts, you know, and that includes things like the return to sports. I just it's it's mind blowing. You just look at all these things and think about since Christmas what they've done. Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, Snyder Cut, Godzilla versus Kong. I mean, th- those three are the biggest things that have come out in movies since the <laughs> pandemic came on, and they all hit HBO Max within four months of each other so yeah the and numbers the, are better and, than i thought but and those are the big movies you got the yeah. smaller movies like tom and jerry like the little things there's a lot of other movies that ha- that have they did uh, judas and the black messiah judas and the black yeah i was gonna say i yeah. get confused on on a couple um movies where there's what platform they're on but judas and the black messiah was there um it there yeah there's just so much content on hbo so here's here's my question though because in 2022 we're, we're stepping back. Warner Media is going to start going with a theatrical release first exclusively for 40 some days. I think it's like 45. Does this 
matter. By you just take a, take a si- as a consumer, you take a six week sabbatical and you got brand new movie every week. You just go back to that, right? Like, you know, the movies you're going to go watch in the movie theater either. Anyways, right. You can basically categorize them on one hand in your own personal preference. Like for, for us, if there's a star Wars movie, we're probably, even if it's available that day on, on streaming, I'm probably going to go to the movie theater to watch that. You know what I mean? There's right. some stuff you're just going to go to the theater for. Yeah, I'm already gonna buy Black Widow. I can already, I can already tell you, I'm already gonna go see Black Widow at the theater. But I, but I'm the Marvel guy, right? Like, so that's why. So even though it's gonna be the Disney Plus thing, like that, it's exactly what you're saying. Like, I'm earmarking July. I can't even remember the date. I was supposed right. to be. So that's July Pat. That's gonna be your return to the, the movie theater, or you're gonna buy it at home? Well, but no, I'm probably gonna go to the movie theater to see it. I'm by then. I've I'm already. Thinking. I'm gonna be fully vaccinated. I'll have my mask. Like I'll be good. Um, in my own. And so you might as well do it and get back to that. I, I still love that experience. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I still love the giant ass screen. Give me, give me an IMAX. Um, I'm assuming that eventually I'm gonna be able to order a damn steak dinner and have it brought there anyway as they try to get give customers to come. back. You do that now. Studio Movie Grill's yeah, back there's... in business. Yeah, well, not all of us have yeah. these fancy damn theaters in California with your steak dinners and or Milwaukee. Or we Wisconsin. Got, yeah, we or got them in Wisconsin. I mean, shit, Wisconsin. We even have movie taverns. Well, I've got both. You, you do have electricity here, in Massachusetts, right, Pat? I'm just checking. Well, I'm in Western that... Massachusetts, okay, so there, we're there a little remote. They just rely on witches' magic. <laughs> we do we do no that's salem that's eastern mass like that's all that's on the that's along the ocean we uh we're just yeah we're we're the sticks we still got privies we don't we don't have indoor plumbing so anyway yeah just a huge huge deal and we've had this debate so much i think the case is closed on where the money's gonna go and where it's gonna come from like studios are gonna get paid artists are gonna get paid it's just a different stream the other one I wanted to talk the other the other news piece that I want to talk about before we take our second break and you know we're doing these really kind of rapid fire before we go to, actually I'm going to hold off on the break we'll go to the trailer park too um, just to kind of keep things a little bit easy, easy uh, even Netflix dropped some news that The Witcher could be back Henry Cavill oh sorry go ahead <laughs> I know in December maybe do we believe it who cares Tony doesn't believe it Tony he's like who cares what I mean, I, I can't wait for it to come back, right? But, like, what? I mean, let's let's not waste our time. Like, we're smarter than this now, right? Than to right. care. Than to well, care. But then that? let's just wait. Let's just wait. Okay, they they got it. We know they got it. When they're going to give it to us, I, I don't care. Well, I don't care. I'm not going to let you know that I care. This is my thing, though. What is up with Netflix? Because they have all these shows that are, like, ridiculously popular that it seems like they're sitting on. And is it really just because they got us by the balls um, and know that we're just we're we're clamoring for it? Because you think about it, Stranger Things is due a season. Now, we haven't covered Stranger Things hardly at all on this show. Um, the Witcher, The Umbrella Academy, which I don't even think they've started the next season of The Umbrella. Lock and Key. I was looking at my Facebook memories and was like, it's been over a year since Lock and Key. And we loved that show. Come on, Netflix. To quote Ray Cash. Give me what I want. Give it to me. Pussy Black Widow back two months, damn it. And give it to me now and give me more of it. That's America. I have a structured settlement and I need cash now. Call T.T. Whitworth. 
It's a seven cash now. Now they owe us money. You can send that cash to at Chairshot Greg. We'll use that and divvy it up among the chair shots. That that was worth the moment right there. Yeah, I just we're gonna get a cease and desist yeah, from JG Wentworth. That's gonna be great. But again, I guess my thing is, is why is Netflix the aberration, the one, the outlier? Like everybody else seems to have like this clear release date schedule. HBO Max has got this. Amazon's got this. Um, Disney Plus definitely has this, particularly with the MCU. Like it's a well laid out, oiled, structured machine. Hulu's even got this. Why is Netflix different? Their new slogan is, we're Netflix. You're not going anywhere. Pretty factual. It's pretty factual. Well, and this is going to actually lead. I actually love that point. And I want you to hold on to that idea, Tony, because I want to talk about that when we get down to the end of the show. When we're talking about what Disney's doing and what's happening. Because is Netflix really going to be here forever? Or are they going to be blockbuster? Are they going to be blockbuster? Um, so just hold that thought, disagree with it or, or whatever, um, for a little, you know, and kind of germinate that thought because I, I'm curious and I do wonder if there's some complacency there that, and, and that's kind of my concern, but, um, yeah, I just, it's, it's strange. The whole thing just kind of stinks to me and it doesn't make a lot of sense when it comes to, comes to Netflix. So, uh, apparently I'm barking off, just getting stuff off my chest. Dave. I loved the new music for the trailer park last week. Did well you done. That? It was it was either yeah. that or Green Day's dominated Love Slave, and I figured you know, knowing Pat, he'd probably want to go with Foggy Mountain Breakdown instead of something more risque. I... Wait a second. <laughs> uh, am I prudish? No, I just didn't think this dominated is... Love Slave would go over well with Mister O'Dowd. I mean, I don't know that. But okay. Um, then again, I'm stereotyping this, the trailer part. This has been another moment in bandwagon nerds history that would have been better brought to you on video. <laughs> yeah, my my face was probably really good there. I can only imagine premium content, right, Ray? If we're gonna go, if we're gonna go on video, then Dave's got to get better lighting. Like he's like cloaked in shadow. It's all mysterious. It's deliberate. It's there, deliberate. there, uh, there you go. I mean, nobody wants to see your face, but with all respect to Tony Acero, I'm Batman. Right. So I expect to hear this music in in post-production again. I appreciate it. Very, very well done. But We do have uh, three trailers that were dropped, and I think um, the first one is I'm going to totally own is a selfish like my love of horror comedy led me to put this on the the trailer park, and that is this little independent movie coming out called Werewolves Within, which takes place in a small rural town that is 
slowly be like where its citizenry is slowly being overtaken and attacked by werewolves and a thoroughly incompetent police force slash sheriff type character is trying to figure out what is happening to all these people as they die in increasingly hilarious ways. So I don't know if you guys watch the trailer or have any impressions of it. Uh, I would like to hear those impressions, but the other question I'd like to ask as before, as we go around the room is, Great horror comedies of all time. Like to me, the the benchmark is Evil Dead Two, or or Army of Darkness. Those are kind of the high water marks of horror comedy. Um, but I'd love to hear. And I know a couple of guys. This isn't like really your wheelhouse, so I get it if it's if it's not really there. But Tony, I'll start with you because I know how much you love horror. What was your thoughts on Werewolves Within? And um, do you have a, a particularly fun? horror comedy that you like i'm going to answer those questions in the order you just asked me um i i always watch the trailers you send me or that i have to go back in the chat and look for when dave's hosting um love you dave uh shots fired i just fucking with them um best friends um I was like, okay, I'm going to watch this. I'm not a horror guy. And then I watched the trailer and I'm like, I'm going to watch this movie. Like, I love the campiness and the comedy with it, right? So there you go. It looks good. The premise looks good. It looks like it's going to be well executed. So I will be finding a way to watch this movie. As for me, like great horror comedies, a lot of people would say Frankenhooker. I would say Frankenhooker too. I think it's better than the original. I think it's one of those rarities. It's like, it's, it's like the Godfather two of um, horror sequels. Uh, I'm right there with you, Dave. What about you? I I, I like the trailer. It felt to me like Silver Bullet meets Reno nine one one. Sort of that sort of Silver Bullet. That's a good callback. That's awesome. That's so, awesome comparison. That, that's kind of what it felt like. I I mean, I'm interested in it to see what happens because it just like it, there's just a lot of stuff being alluded to and they don't show much, but you get all these great reactions of people screaming and and it, it looks definitely fun. As far as horror comedies, I'd say like the ones that stand out to me are uh, The Lost Boys and Fright Night. Ah, Fright Night. Good. You went, you went 80s on us. Very, very nice. You expected something different. And for the record, no. I have never said I was as organized as Mr. O'Dowd in my rundowns, Mr. Tunney. But we're still best I friends. Know, I know. We're still best think, friends. Sorry. All right. That works. That works for me. Ray Cash? The trailer looked fun. I like movies like that, that um, especially movies that don't take themselves too seriously are always fun for me. And that clearly doesn't take itself too seriously when they're like, uh, you know, we're like Mr. Rogers with guns. Like, that was that was pretty fun to me. <laughs> That's good stuff. Um. And the the main dude is hilarious to me. He's in some other stuff, and I always like his stuff. In terms of... Uh, oh, and we haven't had a good werewolf movie in a while. Like The last werewolf I remember seeing is um, fucking Twilight. So, like, that's cool. Yeah, and yeah maybe I'm right. wrong, but I don't remember Damn, seeing one. Right. And, you, and you said a good werewolf movie in a while. I mean, it's a movie point. with werewolves. Taylor so, I didn't say for the win. I, I've never watched Twilight, but I just know there's a werewolf in it. The two movies that come to my mind about horror comedy is going to show you kind of where I stand. The first one that comes to my mind, and y'all may not consider horror comedy, is Gremlins. I grew up on Gremlins. Oh, no, that's totally a horror comedy. Absolutely. I grew up on that. That was my my favorite movie as a kid. I wanted to be, I wanted Gizmo. And more recently, I think the Zombieland movies are are fantastic. Oh, Bill Murray, oh, just kills me every time. Love it. Yep. 
two other horror comedies out there. One reviewed by the bandwagon nerds, Cabin in the Woods, is a beautiful blend of horror and comedy. And then one I just watched last night. I watched a lot of movies this weekend, guys. <laughs> I guess I'm kind of going through the rules. Um, 2019, so relatively recent. It's called Ready or Not. And it is about a young woman. She gets married into a family that has to participate in a ritual where she draws a card and the family has to play a game. And if she draws the game hide and seek, they have to find her, kill her and sacrifice her to Satan before sun rises the next day. But these are like really ridiculously like affluent, wealthy Americans that have no clue how to like hold guns. They don't know how to do anything. There's, the dogs agree with me, but there's a running gag uh, of one of the children uh, of the family, like or one of the one of the members of the family. She keeps accidentally killing members of the help running around the house. It's it's hilarious, and the payoff at the end of the movie is outrageous and amazing and hilarious, over the top. Strongly, strongly recommend it. And when I watched it, I got a pretty good uh, Cabin in the Woods vibe. So. It really connected well. All right, moving on. We had two Marvel trailers drop this week as well in two distinct uh, different styles of movies. The first, Dave actually shared with us first in our chat, premiering soon on Hulu, the long, or not long anticipated, but announced series, Monoc, coming to us on, on Hulu the title character voiced by Patton Oswalt, and it's a supervillain running aim and at the same time managing a family and trying to win back his wife who has requested a divorce. Okay, I'll, Kick I'll it jump up. in. I'll jump in. Right. Yeah. When, I first, when I first heard of this, I thought this was the stupidest shit I'd ever see or hear in my life. And I was completely convinced I will never, ever dedicate any part of my life to watching this bullshit. Especially considering how how MODOK is a really good character that could be played well, possibly in the MCU. And then I saw like a a five minute clip on YouTube and I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm in. (laughs) It is truly hilarious. I'm, I'm so in. For those of you who have watched Robot Chicken before with Seth Green, it's pretty much the same idea. And it's hilarious. And yeah. If you're like me, just go go on YouTube and find a clip and just give it five minutes. I guarantee you it'll, it'll win you over. It is really funny. To me, it had like that Marvel meets Family Guy sort of vibe going on. And I know like it's funny, Pat, you had actually mentioned this. Remember like a long time ago, we talked about New York Comic Con and you'd mentioned this Murdoch right. trailer and Patton Oswald and and it had been silent for what, six, seven months. And then out of nowhere, Hulu <laughs> drops this thing and I'm like, this is really funny. And and like I was like Ray, I was like, ah, you know, this this I'm not sure about this thing because it's very stop animation-y sort of. Uh, but it really it was really funny. And I was like, okay, this is worth checking out because th- this is this is Marvel Meets Family Guy slash robot chicken. Yeah, I agree with everything you guys said. It's it's kind of the same effect on me as the as the uh, werewolf trailer is like, uh, okay, I'm I'm gonna watch this because you know. We, we, we want to see what's going on. And now I'm like, oh, fuck. Now I got to watch this too. God damn it. You know, I would sprinkle in a little minions along with the other um, uh, comparisons Dave had there. But yeah, it's just, 
it looks fucking funny. <laughs> I thought this coffee was for everyone. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, yes, yes. That's excellent, excellent. That, it, I mean, if go watch the trailer if you haven't. Whoever's right. listening, I think go my, watch the trailer. I think my other big highlight was uh, the introduction of Wonder Man, where he's like, "Hi, I'm Wonder Man. I'm an actor, part-time Avenger, lover of your wife," and like flies off and carries her away. Iron he, Iron Man shooting him in the back of the head, and he's like, "Well, I was aiming for anywhere else but your head." Uh, it's yeah, you know. And this is the thing. I uh, don't have a subscription to Hulu. They got that uh, ESPN deal, man. Hulu, Disney Plus, and ESPN I, uh, Plus. I, I, uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to convince the Mrs. O'Dowd to add yet another I would, Do we have to remind everybody that Patrick O'Dowd is a cheap bastard? I'm just wanting to throw that out this there. This isn't Patrick O'Dowd is a cheap bastard. It's... it's um. There, there are other people in the household who have, you know, this isn't on their rules. If if we can all just let me say what I'm about to say and then not, you know, expound on it and, you know, and, you know, maybe, you know, anything else. But I would imagine we will be able, we, I mean, the, you know, the collective we of the chair shot would be able to figure out a way for Patrick O'Dowd to be able to find a way to possibly be able to, at some point in time, figure out how to get his eyes upon a way to inherit the acceptance of, you know, possibly the ocular uh, consumption of, of, of said product. One can hope. And Ray, so, Ray's saying something good, but he muted himself. Did I? Which is no, I was, I was just being funny. Yeah. Okay. No. Did I throw enough caveats in there, lawyer Dave? It, it was, uh, it was vague enough to be indecipherable. So excellently done, Mr. Tunney. Right. I, I got to tell you, though, I, I have a soft spot for Patton Oswalt, too. And I think that's really like he you can tell that he's going to carry this vehicle and, and his charm of of it's just like the perfect voice for like if you could have given me any Marvel character for him to be, I wouldn't have picked Modoc. Then I heard his voice in the trailer and I'm like, it's fucking Modoc. Like, and that's it forever. Like, if he ever shows up in the MCU, MCU, it better be Patton. I don't care if it's a CGI creature. It's voiced by fucking Patton Oswalt. Period. Hey, who are you going to see tonight? Oh, I'm going down to the comedy club to see Modoc. Right. <laughs> can I tell you, Patton Oswalt has had a Pot is War episode named after him? No, I didn't know that. That's cool. What, um... I don't know. Don't ask me what it was and how it came. I, out. I was like, I was like, now I'm going to have to go back in the archives and look for it. All right. Final trailer in the trailer park this week. The one that I have the biggest soft spot for, because you guys all know my love of Kung Fu film. Like I've, I've been pushing various shows on you since basically this podcast started. Yeah. Probably most notably warrior, uh, which now available on HBO Max, you guys. So it's no more excuses. But um, there's also a new CW Kung Fu show that's out now. I, have, I haven't Ka- watched called it. Kung Fu. Yeah, Kung Fu. Yeah, that's what I meant. Like it's Kung Fu, uh, led by a led by a woman lead. But um, Marvel did release its first major trailer for the Shang Chi franchise in one of the next steps in the MCU. I am in, though I don't think it was really hard to get me in. Oh, Ray is a little 
You sounded like you were kind of. I'm in. I was just trying to make sure. No, it's I like, mean, is it a okay? No, I am. I am ready for a Marvel kung fu film. And, and it's a shame that Iron Fist didn't go over better than it did because Iron Fist was like kind of the first foray into that uh, sort of world, and Shang Chi could have could have been introduced there before getting you know getting into a movie. I'm okay that he didn't, uh, but. Just, you know, the action looks great. And we're getting the Ten Rings. We're getting the Mandarin for real, guys. And that, to me, is exciting. I know he's not facing Iron Man, but sign me up. Sign me up for, for the Ten Rings and sign me up for the Mandarin. Ray, why don't you kick this one off? What do you think of the trailer? The one thing we've been waiting for in MCU was a proper kung fu. Um, yes. There have been some really tenpole movies in the MCU. Guardians was our foray into the cosmic world. Um, Doctor Strange was our foray into magic. Black Panther was our foray into all black cast and the, the wonders of Wakanda, uh, so on and so forth, right? Captain Marvel and the Kree. So many tempo movies that introduce you to something that's going to be a major part going forward. Um, and this is that. And the fact that it's all Asian, primarily Asian cast is important, but I think the bigger importance to the MCU is there's going to be a lot more kung fu coming, I feel. A lot more, because everything, everything in MCU that's not a powered person is martial arts, right? So it makes sense that the greatest martial artist living would bring in, and then the Mandarin, who's one of the best Marvel villains in the game. Um, and we've been hearing about Ten Rings since Iron Man. Yep. So it's good to put all this together, and uh, Simu Lu. Is killing the role. I think he's going to be fantastic. It, it looks great, and I'm super excited for it, and I'm excited for what it's going to mean for future iterations of MCU movies. Tony. So let me, get, let, me, let me get a little deeper. There's other things you can obviously connect to this. Is this another part of the current MCU, or is this going to be you know, introduce Flashpoint, and this is another universe within the mcu where you could see possibly other characters that are more likely connected to that like isn't there like a samurai spider-man and things of that nature that you could maybe introduce into these this this world i don't know i'm just thinking off the wall here i highly doubt it but it'd be really interesting i do think that there's some real opportunity i i think we're going to learn a lot more about how the multiverse is going to impact marvel when we get our doctor strange movie and we get our spider-man movie those two and i think that it does open some possibilities to what you're referencing there tony i also think the other thing that's really exciting is you talk about opportunities for new characters this is a window to introduce some of those other street level characters um even some of those netflix marvel characters like i just mentioned iron fist you can bring back kung lung um by by you having a Shang-Chi movie. Um, and, and there's so many other great opportunities within within that group to bring that in. Uh, and yeah, I don't, uh, you, you know, theoretically, depending on where you wanted to go with it um, and where he wanted to, like you could introduce some X-Men characters out of this, uh, this movie as well. Um, depend, it just, it all kind of depends on where the movie goes. What, is interesting about this is that this is going to be an introduction movie, right? This is going to be an origin story movie. Uh, we haven't gotten a lot of those lately. That's kind of the interesting thing about phase four is some of these are, we're getting some new origin stories uh, because we got to, we got to, we got to restock 
the cupboard, so to speak. But no, I, I think um, I think there's a lot of things that are possible. I got to go back to the Modoc trailer real quick because I forgot about this. Fin Fang Foom was was also uh, an appearance there. The giant dragon. Fin Fang Foom is also on the eastern side of the MCU. Mm-hmm. You're not going to see Fin Fang Foom in a Shang Chi movie, but how fun would it be if there was? Isn't that the dragon that Iron Fist and MCU had to get the heart from? Wasn't that Fin Fang Foom? No. I just remember him from Next Wave wearing purple underpants. I mean, that's the Fing Fang Foom. That there is that as well. Right. Dave, what do you think about Shang-Chi's trailer? What, did you, what, was, your, what was your initial reaction? Uh, it's cool. I mean, I, I've heard a couple people say this is Marvel's version of uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I didn't see that, to be honest with you. I really didn't see all that much to it. I said, okay, yeah, there's guys flying around. Well, Fantastic. The- the original, the original was a porn movie. It was crouching wooden, uh, crouching wooden, crouching woman. Excuse me, hidden cucumber. You know that would have gone over well had you not fucked up the beginning of that. I, I, I wouldn't. Yeah. I don't know why a D came out. Why a D? Oh man, it was horrible. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I, I like it. I, I think you're right, Pat. It introduces some more street level characters. Uh, this could open the door to maybe like. Iron Fist is one option. Maybe Daredevil. There's so much uproar. People wanting to get Daredevil back involved in the MCU. Maybe they this opens the door to something. Going on what Tony says, whether this is a, a, a different aspect of the multiverse, possibly. Who knows? I, I mean, at this point, no one knows. Again, I want to be that fly on the on the boardroom wall at the MCU where they got the flow chart and just see where this whole thing ties in. But uh, yeah, he's he's not a really well-known character as far as Marvel goes. And and the last time they did something like this was Guardians of the Galaxy, and, well, we all know how that turned out. So uh, I do agree with Ray. It's important to get a predominantly Asian-based movie right now, given the political climate of the world, and, and that's that's great that they're going to do that. Uh, but it, it just looks it looks fun. It looks action-packed. It looks very Matrixy. stealing from Bandwagon Nerds' review from this last week. It's got a lot of those elements to it, so it's going to be... It'll be a great movie. I mean, and and I just, you know, I just want to get this pandemic more behind us. I know we're not going to get out of it for a while completely, but getting behind us so we can get back to the stuff that we want to see and see where we're going with this MCU because, shit, guys, I'm 52. I don't have much time left. Anyway, go ahead. Wow. <laughs> I mean. I just say that to piss my wife off. On, on the long enough timeline, that you know everyone's clock does into zero so there there is that here here's the other thing um that clearly marvel is trying to do that most movie studios are trying to do they're looking to tap into a very specific audience here right we're 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 trying to grow that asian market interestingly enough i read a couple articles about how china was not particularly impressed by this trailer uh for example well and it's there's the this is always the sort of thing you're going to run into with uh, a film you know created by a western company that's trying to sell to you know the east um they said you know a lot of the refusers are like that it looks so americanized that that it's you know this yeah it's a Chinese film but even even the like even the um, the criticism that um, Lou doesn't look Chinese enough, <laughs> uh, which is just I mean it's interesting to me but that was 
one of the criticisms that I saw come out. I think we all know, you just know it's going to make at least $400 million, right? Like that's about the baseline for a Marvel movie yeah. that I would target it on the low end. I would target it for Ant-Man level money. Uh, and it makes its money on the strength of the brand and probably the population, because I do think that it will get probably rewatched more than a lot of other Marvel movies, uh, because I think it'll it'll be the same thing that happened with Black Panther, that as as, as black people went and saw Black Panther multiple 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 times. It was a that moment. Movie, that movie stayed in theaters so long that Captain Marvel debuted at the same time the Black Panther was still in theaters. That was unheard of in the Marvel schedule. Now. Does the Asian market have that same kind of strength? We'll have to see. But I think that there's a pretty good chance that it could have some serious longevity. Uh, uh, on the strength of the last talker and go back to that thought that Tony um, brought up earlier uh, in regards to, to Netflix and complacency uh, from my from my question. Um, before we do that, I do need to remind everybody, if you like what we do here on the ChairShot Radio Network and on the ChairShot.com, and you want to support us, you want to find a way to help us out, head over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the ChairShot and pick up a ChairShot Radio t-shirt. There are all kinds of shirts to choose from. You have the chair um you have the og chair shot logo you have the bandwagon nerd shirt you've got all kinds of slogans such as jesus did the job and his dad was the promoter you have everyone hates greg hashtag safe tag team wrestling and plenty others you can get it in your traditional style t-shirt for about 20 bucks or spend a few bucks more and get it in soft style if you want to have your giblets feel a little extra special we love putting out quality content for you guys, and we want to keep being able to do that and to do and we need people's support. So as Christopher Platt would say, head over there, please and thank you, thank you, and please visit the chair or visit prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot and help us out. When we come back, we're gonna talk a little bit more about streaming services, this time focusing on a big news item from Disney Plus. You're listening to Bandwagon Nerds on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's Angry Lemonade. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Go to powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Get your free month. Again, that's powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. 
All right. Welcome back. Last topic on the show today. We're going to go back to some streaming news as a few days ago. It's been a few days now. It looks like it was around, I think, Thursday. Sony Films announced that they have inked a new deal to send their movies over to Disney Plus in what is known as the pay-to window of a film's release. So for those of you who um, don't know, when Sony puts his movies out, or you know, when Sony puts out a movie, any uh, production company does this, they put out their movies, there is a deal currently that they have with Netflix that is part of what's known as their pay one window for release. And what that means is that Netflix, for the purposes of streaming, gets the movies first. After a period passes, and that first and that first pay window is the pay window, as Dusty Rose would say, comes 18 months after a film hits the theaters. Once that first window expires, Sony's titles will go to Disney platforms for the pay two windows. And for us, for the nerds, that means that Disney Plus now is only one movie shy of having every MCU movie available to stream in one spot. Pop quiz, do you know what movie that is? Incredible Hulk. Hulk. Wow, that wasn't even that good of a pop quiz. Well, because we read your article. You did such a great job of uh, linking us in, Ray, uh, and I read your article. Damn it. Damn it, I, I, I tuned you in too much. Shit. Um, and that's because it's, uh, I think it's owned by Universal. Universal. Um, Univer- right? I think that's what it is. Uh, and so, obviously, great news for, for Disney and interesting news for Netflix because there's no real word on whether or not or how much longer this this uh, agreement will continue with Netflix getting first crack. And, and really where I wanted to go with this is we like it's great news that Disney's getting all of most of their properties back with with the Hulk to go the Incredible Hulk to go. Should Netflix is Netflix should Netflix be paying attention to, and right now we're looking at serious competition from both HBO Max and Disney Plus. And in my opinion, I feel like Netflix has started to get a little complacent. Is Netflix complacent? Should they be worried? PC Tony, go. Well, one of two things are happening, right? They're waiting for the right studio to come along to pair with outside of what they produce on their own movie-wise. Or... They're saying, you know what, life will go back to normal at some point. When life was normal before all of this, we were kings. It wasn't even close. So maybe they're thinking when it goes back to normal, we'll be fine. Because they'll still be the ones with that much more content than everybody else, considering, you know, you're going to have to wait for this extra things going on in the movie theaters. So that, that's just my thought on it for now. But who knows? Are they maybe going to need a major studio? Likely. Dave, what do you think? Well, I think a lot of what PC says is true. Um, I think but the problem with Netflix right now is I'm not sure it's a it's a question of complacency as more like they may be thinking exactly what PC said. Hey, look, the world's going to go back to normal. And we had we had the streaming industry by the short hairs back in those days. And I think that might be a the wrong mindset that they want to have, because that window that they have of dominance is closing very quickly 
Wouldn't it be ironic, though, if that's what happened to them, considering their success came off of the demise of Blockbuster? Yes. When they had a chance to do the same damn thing and they declined it? Exactly. And and I think, you know, when you look at, when you look at like you, what you said earlier, Pat, you look at Witcher. We don't know when it's coming out. There's rumors when it's coming out. Umbrella Academy, no one knows. Stranger Things Season 4 has been in limbo for God knows how long. You've got Lock and Key. You've got a plethora of other series that are just in limbo. Meanwhile, Disney Plus has got the MCU. Like you said, here's the schedule. Loki's coming here, and this is coming here, and this is coming here, and that sort of thing. Um, and, wow. Feedback. Okay. Okay. It's is that me? I don't know. No, it's Dave. It wasn't me. But um, he blamed me, Tony. Damn it. <laughs> wasn't David California? Anyway, wasn't me. Wasn't Ray uh, in Houston? Wasn't me. Was it Tuddy in Wisconsin? Was it Patrick in Massachusetts? I can't do it anymore. Sorry. It worked so far. So I Go just, ahead, Dave. No, I just think Net- on the Netflix counter. needs to get <laughs> Netflix needs to get their ass in gear and get some of the some of this content out there before they get passed. I mean, Disney Plus is not going anywhere and they have the biggest franchise. No, take that back. The two biggest franchises in the world right now with uh, Star Wars and, and the MCU under one roof. That's a problem for any of the other streaming services. You can't, you can't count out Amazon Prime. They got the boys. They've got the Lord of the Rings series coming. So that window of dominance that Netflix has, if they're just going to rest on their laurels, I think that's a, a major miscalculation on their part. Okay. I think we're jumping the gun just a bit, personally. I got some numbers for you. And as of as of quarter four of 2020, Netflix has 200, 203.7 million subscribers. Amazon Prime Video is second with 150 million, largely because people subscribe to Amazon, you get the Prime Video. That doesn't mean they're watching Prime Video. You've got a whole hundred million after that to get to 94, and that's Disney+. Plus. So I think we're jumping the gun a bit. I get your points down the line right now. No, I don't think they're resting on their laurels. Let me explain. And let me explain to you why I think Disney plus has to do what they're doing. And Netflix doesn't because they're new because when we all sign up for Disney plus, think about this. The only reason most of us signed up for Disney plus besides what we knew was coming. The only thing that, that made us say we wanted right now was Mandalorian. Other than that, I, I dare you to tell me, did disagree. I was waiting for Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Yeah, right. Two years ago. Exactly. Um, I dare you, any of you to tell me, other than watching movies with your children, and only me and Patrick have young children in this group, what did you watch on Disney Plus that wasn't one of the, the tentpole shows? You're not. The difference is on Netflix. But they had just... tentpole shows. Like they, they had have... Marvel. They had Star Wars. They have the not new stuff. They have the same. Okay. Sure. I got you. And that and that's a don't, big thing. Thank that's you. A, don't no, I'm not saying that's not a big that's, no, that is a big thing, but I'm talking about new content. Right? You guys, that's the whole point of this conversation. They're, Most of this they're is, Disney though. But they're Disney. I I'm, they're, I'm, they're I'm, gonna I'm, have new content and they're in control of it. I got you. I'm not I'm not disagreeing with any of that. What I, my point to you is Dave listed off like five shows. Only one of them is considered an, an important show to Netflix. The rest of them, Netflix could care less if they come 
if, if The Witcher comes back or not, they don't care. Because they have so many new shows coming out every week that garner hundreds of millions of views that are just another show. So Disney needs every show to hit to continue for it to go. Uh, Amazon Prime? If uh, Disagree with me all you want. I'm talking about new content. Amazon Disney also Prime. has their own library of animated movies that, that they only released at certain points. They would shelf all that shit, and now you can watch it whenever you want. There's so much more to Disney, though. You're kind of leaving that off the plate here. I'm not leaving it off the plate because we're Disney fans, and that's important to us. But I'm, we are. It's that Again, but, right. but, but what you... Well, well, it's not you, like we're selling Disneyland here. We're selling movies and content. It's a major part right. of the whole universe. As you're far right. As content and, is going. You're right. And there's so much more than, than that you're not giving credit for Netflix. That's all brand new, brand new stuff all well, the time. They, they I, go, I, guess go to Netflix. I, guess, I guess I see the argument the other way too. Is that there's a lot of great content that, like Amazon Prime. Disney, like they all, everybody has like this stock library, even Paramount Plus or um, Peacock. They're all coming in with libraries and, of, of existing content. Netflix, I do hear what you're saying, Ray. And it actually segues into a question that I'm, that I'm going to ask as a follow-up here. Netflix is notorious for having just show after show after show after show after show after show after show. And I do think that there's a level of intentionality in a slate that's put out by Disney plus in terms of original content. I do buy that, but I would say it's disingenuous to say that people didn't sign up for Disney plus for new content. They signed up because I can watch as Tony was pointing out, I watched any Disney film with basically the exception of the song of the South that they, that they put out there plus a Fox library plus, mm -hmm. uh, plus the star Wars franchise plus the Marvel franchise plus the Simpsons uh, Paramount's the same way Paramount ha has gotten really sneaky good because they got Nickelodeon um, and some of the stuff that you can get off the Nickelodeon franchises there and some of their channels like, um, I think they've got like MTV and yeah. um, Comedy Central and, and stuff like that. And Comedy yeah. Central, and so everybody's pulling this like sort of library. Like I and I lost, I went crazy because on Paramount Plus they had episodes of Behind the Music, and I fucking loved that show. When Behind yep, the Music, it's, it's not a lot, but they have some. Yeah, worst Behind the Music ever, Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi started off like a hell, a bat out of hell. Then they argued. But came back like a bat out of hell. The Bon Jovi story. <laughs> right. There's some, got really, there's some really bad ones. I, I got a question Go for you, Patrick, to, to kind of continue to, to sh show my point maybe a little better. Every You mentioned all these things about Disney+, Plus, and you're right. I'm a day one subscriber. I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying. But Star Wars, we know you are a major Star Wars fanatic. Right. Do you own, do you own the Star Wars movies? I did before Disney+. Plus. You got rid of them? No, they're still here. But so you don't no, have to watch Disney Plus. To, you don't have to go to Disney Plus to watch Star Wars. Do right. You? But don't, just add, don't, don't go no further. Just answer that question. Oh, no, because now you're doing that lawyer thing where you're just answering the no, question. I'm, no, because yes. no, I just yes. I just want to show my point. So it, All the other studios, so, right. so much of the old stuff, a majority of us already have in some so, form or fashion. There's nothing in Netflix... That's I feel like you're just grasping, Ray. 
I'm not so grasping. Nobody's letting me finish my damn point. Well, I, I hear your point. I also know that I can watch Bullwhip Griffin. Have you even heard of Bullwhip Griffin? No, the I Adventures haven't. of Bullwhip Griffin. Classic Disney movie that couldn't be found anywhere other than Disney+. Plus. The Apple Dumpling Gang. The Flight of the Net. The first film that I watched on Disney+, Plus, and I've talked about this, was The Flight of the Navigator, which was a movie from the 80s that Disney had that you was a bitch to find on disc. And I own movies that are on Netflix that I watch. They do have original content that they don't put out right away. But you can get, like, if you wanted to get a disc collection of Stranger Things, you can. You just got to wait longer for it. So... I hear you. I really do. I do hear your point. My question to kind of build off of your point is, is Netflix too big to fail? So, like, do we ever see a place where maybe Netflix isn't number one, but they'll never go away? Yes, absolutely. Net- Netflix will never go away. Yeah, your mic died. We lost Ray's audio. No, your mic is your mic is dead. Ray, dude. Ray, yeah, we can't hear you, bro. Ah, damn it. Yeah, he's he's something something went wrong. His mic has been weird today, but uh, let me let me ask you. Can that. you hear me now? Yeah, now we yes. got you. There you go, Ray. Stupid fucking mic. Y'all talk about y'all talk about Blockbuster and the reason why they failed. They refused to adapt. Netflix has adapted three times already, majorly. They only started off as as a company where you can get disc in the mail. They changed that to the streaming service. Then once they changed the stream, I'm sorry. They adapted the streaming service modernly as we know it. They changed from that to doing original content. Then they changed from original content to hiring people who of their, their own studios. Like, for example, Shonda Rhimes works specifically for Netflix in her studio. They got so many people like that. They've adapted multiple times already. So we're acting like they've been the same Netflix for 30 years. They continue to adapt, to stay with the times. So they aren't just this stupid company that's just sitting there and I... We're good on the hill with our money. No, they're changing for, I, I guarantee you, you're going to start seeing Netflix movies in theaters. That's the next thing that's coming. Oh, they they've already done adapting. that. Yeah. They've already, they've already adapt, done that. That's adapting. They, they have to because if they want to win Oscars, if they want to film to win an Oscar, which oddly enough, uh, when this airs, the Oscars will have been uh, on and nobody's watched any of those movies. Uh, I literally had no idea what any of like one or two of them. I was like, I've never heard of these. Um, say but one they, thing about they, Netflix. So just throw this out to you guys. Do you guys, I mean, my big complaint about Netflix to a certain extent is like, I almost feel like they've oversaturated their own market. They put out so much stuff that some of it's real hit and miss and you can get, I mean, I always get lost going into Netflix, trying to find something like, the hell's good and what's not there's so much shit here that right. i don't know well, what's what's worthwhile until you get a show and, like and ours which directs us hey this is good right. it's not so much and then i go to pc tony who watches everything and he tells me what's good and what's not but but to further that before and i know tony's got a thought but but to further that we actually talked about this on the show that there was an article um because netflix pumps stuff out it doesn't necessarily give longevity to shows because not and not just the nature of binge watching, it's because they're so on to the next so fast. Like new season of Cobra Kai debuts on one week, and then next week they're pushing, you know, the comedy 
with Sarah Chalk and um, Catherine Heigl. And then the next week they're pushing, like right now, they're this week it's Shadow and Bone, right? Shadow and Bone is this new uh, fantasy series based on a set of teen novels that pushed out. And if you look at their trends, their trends really die fast. Like Tiger King, gross as that was, actually had some longevity because of the timing within the pandemic. Um, but it's buzz hung around because Netflix didn't really push a new thing. You don't necessarily see that as, as much. And what it tries to do with its algorithms is tailor what you watch to push those to you. So I don't always get the same trailers that say Tony would because say, you know, Tony has his interest in like cooking shows, right. Or like food shows. Like I don't like, that's not necessarily my thing. So I don't get those advertisements when i open up netflix like that's not the first trailer they're going to give me but i watch anime series on netflix all the time and i watch like the dark crystal so i get that shadow and bone trailer every time i open it it's fishing right the streaming services are all fishing and they take their they go to the local bait shop and they figure out hey what's biting what are they biting on where are they biting right and, and if you know that, I mean, some cast a big generic net and they get as much as they can. And some can't cast these smaller, fancier nets that are more specific, right? Or, or, or not so specific, just more specific to more money or, or, or a different kind of audience, right? So it's, you know, <laughs> there's a hundred different ways to do it. And which one is going to make you the most money with what you're trying to do? It's going to be fascinating because I do think, you know, as, as you point out, Tony, Ray, I honestly think the answer to, to my question is um, nobody's going to win because um, basically we're, we're in our new cable packages, as we've talked about before. Like we pay for what we what we want to stream um, because that's that's the way we consume media now. And, you know, I I. Every new streaming service I think we get, I think I'm like, oh, I'm going to like sort of watch this. And yet somehow I have made time, I kid you not, to be able like I'm about to pitch a show to you guys that I want to check out. Um, there is a show on Peacock by virtue of the WWE Network component shifting over. But there's a new show on Peacock. It's a comedy starring Ed Helms. It's written and produced by the same people that brought us The Good Place in Parks and Rec. Was that, that bio? No, 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 no. It's a brand new show. Uh, and, and it just is interesting. Um, I can't remember what the name of it is, but th that's one of the trailers. And I'm like, hey, I want to check that out. When I jump on Paramount Plus, I watch their new version of The Twilight Zone, uh, which is produced by Jordan Peele. And it's just, it's crazy that, like, we're, we're we, even when we think there's too much content, we still are able to consume all this content. So at the end of the day, I don't know that we were ever going to answer that question. Go ahead, Tony. Rutherford Falls. Rutherford Falls. Ed Helms is like trying to preserve an ancestor statue that his town of like Native Americans who inhabit it want to take down because his dad was like a racist asshole. Uh, it's kind of like the crux of the of the show. So good, good discussion, guys. I think that that is... Well, I, it's one of it's one of those favorite conversation topics I like to have on this show, talking about the streaming services and just how they all work and how they slowly take over uh, the way we consume media. And it's it, to me, it's fun. So I hope you guys enjoy having the conversation as much as I enjoy hearing it. Um, 
And with that, I think it's time for me to ask a question. Is mayonnaise an instrument? Want to go jellyfishing? What am I supposed to do all day while you're at school? Can I use your bathroom? Who's your friend? What does claustrophobic mean? <laughs> you know what the problem is? So, we finished Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And Ray and I owe David Ungar an apology. Because we sat here on these airwaves and we were like, don't worry, Dave. There's a new piece of Marvel content basically every week or every week for the rest of the year. And the next Marvel show to debut June would be Loki <laughs> on June 11th. <laughs> it's April 25th. We um, we don't have a show for next or we, we don't have a show to cover for next week. Sorry, we, we do have a show next week. At least I hope none of you guys are leaving. I, I like you guys. Um, knock on wood, exactly. So I am open to some some suggestions for some shows. I do, I did want to float to the group. How do you feel about maybe doing something a little more comedic in tone? We've been really serious as of late, and so that's why I threw out Rutherford Falls as a possibility. I think that I'd rather be something more that we come up with a consensus uh, um, agreement to. But uh, the other one that I thought about, because I took a look at it on HBO Max, and I know Tani has strongly suggested we check it out, is um, if we wanted to, to maybe do a catch-up series of Doom Patrol. Um, But it's 20 episodes. And we're not that far away from June 11th. So it'd be a couple of like combo watches but those are those are a couple that came to mind. I don't know if there's anything else that's really new in debuting that we can hit to kind of fill this in between gap. But those are my thoughts. I will pass it around the table. Uh, we'll start with Dave. Why don't you go first this time, Dave? Well, I I think like when we've done this in the past, we've thrown it to our 22 loyal listeners and let them vote on this, and they generally do a pretty good job of deciding what we should watch next. So I would be six loyal listeners now, Tony. We're down to six. No, no, you have, you have, you have six weeks. Okay. So we have six weeks. So six episodes from now. So you have six episodes to fill. I mean, there's shows we've suggested in the past. The stuff you're suggesting, Pat is fine. I I mean, those are good suggestions. I mean, there is your Albatross. There's Crisis on Infinite Earths that I know Tony and I. I knew you were going to see that shit. <laughs> there's that one. There's Doom Patrol. There's I've, I've suggested Invincible. I mean, that would be something worth reviewing. Uh, you know, I'd be down with throwing any of those up on a poll and let 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 our 22 fans decide what we should watch next. I'm I'm cool with so all that. The only reason I am against invincible so hard is because it is six episodes in in a nine episode or ten episode series or something seven sorry so i haven't watched episode seven yet so i'm six episodes in and it's retroactive to i, I don't know I, I struggle with that one i'd like to I'd like to have us all cold on something um and we already talked about invincible we talked about his first three episodes uh, a few weeks ago you do have six weeks to do the 2000s project. Uh, that's an annual thing. I did have an idea for a different project. Um, I mentioned it to Ray and Dave. I haven't brought it up to you yet. Um, and I can do that as well. Um, Ray, do you have any show ideas? before? Go ahead, Ray. 
Um, I was gonna say Invincible too. That just makes the most sense to me. But if you don't want to do that, we can do. Um, I mean, you and I, Pat, are both working hard for this. Um, Mighty Ducks, Game Changers. Um, but I, there's there's nothing else right now that makes sense from a show perspective. And six weeks is a really hard time to just do a shoe in. You know what I mean? Um, Fair. I, maybe instead of doing the show, maybe we do what Dave does when you're not here, and we do maybe we break down. That re- that reminds me, I gotta talk to you all about why Thor or Aquaman is basically just underwater Thor. Um, <laughs> As, as the, DC cinema, the DC cinematic universe uses Marvel movies to make their own movies, looking at you, Wonder Woman. Anyway, and and Aquaman and um, Justice League and um, all of them. Anyway, here was my here was my idea for a project. So we did a similar project a while ago. One of my other one of the other aspects of nerddom and nerd passions that that I know I've shared with you guys and that we've done as a show before is we did do the music project. Um, oh God, about 60 episodes ago it was after the, it was after the eighties project. Um, and what we did is we ran down like our top 10 bands of all time. I think DP was with us when we did that one at the time. And it was a lot of fun. I thought it might be fun to put together a BWN playlist where the four of us create a playlist of 20 songs we each get five and it's five tunes that shaped you know like changed our lives like our five go-to tunes that are important to us for a project i mean yeah that's it'll be that'll be a difficult difficult choice that's for sure i mean you know the project the project itself isn't hard but narrowing it down to Five songs is extraordinarily difficult. So the Fern Gully theme? Is that number one? <laughs> I'm gonna mention Fern Gully every episode, so just be ready for this. I'm gonna find a way to shoehorn it in. Honestly, you were thinking about doing something more comedic. What if you did like uh the comedy series and we figured out six different categories to have lists on moving forward? So, you know, stand-ups, mm. movies, actual comedians, uh actors, things of that nature. We could do the comedy project. There is another project out there, Pat, that we could do. The counter to remember we did the villain project. That was Ray's debut. We could do the hero project. We could do the hero project. That'll be wow, yeah, that'd be tough. Yeah, okay. Um, tell you what, that'll be our poll this week. Is we will put up three project suggestions. We'll do the hero project suggestions, the co- comedy project. I think that's that's the easiest way to title that one the hero project the comedy project the playlist project we'll let the fans decide all 22 of you that's what you're going to do on the bandwagon nerds twitter poll that we have enacted lately um so get out there follow at bandwagon nerds so that you can vote and help us decide what we cover next and that's going to do it for this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Dave, you have dodged the Patrick O'Dowd, Thor, Aquaman comparison show this week. Uh, second, second, second question to go around, by the way. The Oscars, we're recording here on a Sunday. The Oscars are tonight. Anybody watching? Anybody care? Other than me, because I fucking love the Oscars. Even if I haven't seen the movies, I love the Oscars. Tony, no? Who's hosting? They don't do a host anymore. 
ever since that Kevin that Kevin Hart thing, they don't do a host anymore. Kevin Hart ruined another thing. Well, you remember he was supposed to host. That was like his lifelong dream to host, like two years ago or whatever it was. And the stuff came out that he made some jokes that were not right. the smartest, and he refused to apologize because he said he had apologized before. And so instead of apologizing, he yeah. So they they did that without a host, and they find out this shit don't need a host. So they you know right. Dave, no Oscars. Unlike it's such an antiquated. It is an antiquated show, right? Like it just feels so out of touch a lot of times when I watch it with with a modern audience. But for some reason, I've I've always I've always made time to watch. It's kind of like WrestleMania. Sometimes, like sometimes I'm not really excited for WrestleMania yet. I still watch it. So there's, there's sp- one thing I'm. In- Go ahead, David. I'm saying, after spending two days in, in L.A. driving through Hollywood this week, nah, I, I got I had an, I had my fill of it. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Ray, what what you got? There's one thing I'm interested in is, is seeing if this is the Chadwick Boseman Memorial Show because he's up for like 10 awards or something like that. Right. So I'm curious um, to see if he wins Viola them posthumously or not. Too. Isn't she up for Best Actress? The same movie. My my Rainey's Black Bottom, I believe, is the movie. Right. But yeah. So there's a lot of major, there's a lot of big black movies. The Trial of the Chicago 7, Judas and the Black Messiah, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, um, uh, the Delroy Lindell movie, One Night in Miami, the Delroy Lindo, Lindo, Lindo movie, um, the Five Bloods on Netflix. Oh, Netflix. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Insufferable. And on that note, we're going to wrap up this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Fellas, let's do a once around. Tell everybody where they can find you. We're going to get him out of the way first because he's insufferable today. Reverend Ray Cash. Tell everybody <laughs> where they can find you in the Twitter sphere. You can find me at Fern Gully's Finest, a.k.a. at It's Ray Cash. <laughs> <laughs> you, made me your, you made me throw my chapstick at my computer. Ari was a mysterious has a gash. Let me shut up before I get in more trouble. David Ongar. You can uh, find me at it's Fern Gully Forever and you know that sort of thing. <laughs> Sorry, uh, no, you can find me at Attitude Ag on Twitter and on Facebook.com slash attitude of aggression. You can find me at PC Tunney all over the ChairShot Radio Network. Thank you for your listenership. Continue to head on over to thechairshot.com. And you can follow me on the Twitter at Wrestling Realist. That is at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. Of course, you can hear me every Monday on Bandwagon Nerds. Sunday with David Ongar doing ChairShot Radio. We drop that every day of the week with a different member of the ChairShot Radio Network being your host. And you can catch me on Wednesdays with Craig DeMarco and Miranda Morales on the Babyface Heel Podcast. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Now get yourself out of the basement and watch some antiquated awards show. The Oscars are on Sunday. Record it. Catch it. You've been listening to Bandwagon Nerds on the ChairShot Radio Network here on thechairshot.com.
Hi, Sam. So did something go wrong or did something go right? Well, after I put the stones back, I thought maybe I'll try some of that life Tony was telling me to get. How'd that work out for you? It was beautiful. And I'm happy for you. Truly. Thank you. Only thing bumming me out is the fact I have to live in a world without Captain America. Oh. That reminds me. Try not. Like it's someone else's. It isn't. You know what? You're right. And that's a good thing. We finally have a common struggle now. Think about that. For once, all the people who've been begging, and I mean literally begging for you to feel how hard any given day is, now you know. How did it feel to be helpless? Now, if you could remember what it was like to be helpless, and face a force so powerful it could erase half the planet, you would know that you're about to have the exact same impact. This isn't about easy decisions, Senator. You just don't understand. I'm a black man carrying the stars and stripes. What don't I understand? Every time I pick this thing up, I know there are millions of people out there who are gonna hate me for it. Even now, here. I feel it. The stares, the judgment. And there's nothing I can do to change it. Yet I'm still here. No super serum. No blonde hair or blue eyes. The only power I have is that I believe we can do better. 